said. He's not here right now. Who are you? Agent Shepard, the man said. Mind if I come inside? Gina did mind, but he just stepped up onto the porch and walked right past her and into the house. I need to talk to your husband, the man said. Gina put her hands on her hips. Well, he's out, like I said. The man turned toward her. His eyes, which had appeared flat and dead before, slowly seemed to be coming alive. You did, and I heard you. I want to know where he is, and I need to take a look around your house. The hell you do, Gina said. I don't know what you think you're doing here, but... His hand came up so fast she didn't even see it. The first she knew was when it was clamped around the bottom of her face, holding her jaw like a claw. She was too shocked to make a sound as he began to pull her slowly toward him. But then she started to shout, substituting volume for the articulation denied her by being unable to move the lower half of her mouth. Where is it? he asked. Matter of fact had become almost bored. I don't... Mom? Gina tried to tell Josh to get back upstairs, to just run, but it came out as desperate, breathless grunts. The man stuck his other hand in the pocket of his coat and started taking something out. Josh hit the ground running and launched himself across the room. Let go of my... Gina just had time to realize she had got it wrong before. That her son wasn't a man after all, but just a little boy, stretched taller and thinner, when the man shot him in the face. A second or several minutes passed. Then she was aware again. The man in the coat was squatted down next to Josh, whose right arm was still moving, lazily smearing through the pool of blood seeping from his head. The smell of gasoline reached Gina's face. The man finished squirting something from a small metal can over her son, then dropped it on him and stood up. He looked down at Gina. Last chance, he said. In one hand, he held a cigarette lighter. In the other, he held his gun. Where is it? As he sparked the lighter up, holding it over Josh and looking her in the eyes, Gina knew that, whatever this was, it wasn't a last chance to live. There was this girl I knew back in high school. Her name was Donna, and even that was wrong about her, as if she'd been mislabeled at birth. She made you realize there must be an underlying rhythm to the universe, and you knew this purely because she wasn't hitting it. Her skin was pale and her features fine-boned and evenly spaced, faultless except for a crescent scar to the side of her right eye, legacy of some toddling collision with a table. She was a little skinny, maybe, but otherwise slightly cute in every way, except that she somehow just wasn't. So I noticed when it looked like she was hanging out with, or in the vicinity of, a guy named Gary Fisher. Gary was one of the kids who strode the halls as if accompanied by fanfare. He played football with conspicuous success. He was on the starting basketball lineup, played significant tennis, too. He was good-looking, naturally. When God confers control of sports spheres, he tends to give the package a buff, too. He was also, oddly, not too much of an asshole. I knew him a little from track, where I had a minor talent for hurling things a long way. 
I'd gathered from the jock grapevine that a realignment had taken place among the ruling classes, principally that Gary's girl Nicole was now going with one of his friends instead, in what appeared to be an amicable transfer of chattels. You didn't have to be too keen an observer of the social scene to perceive a degree of interest in taking her place. But the truly weird thing was that Donna seemed to believe herself amongst the runners. She couldn't sit at the same table at lunch, of course, but would wind up on one nearby, close to Gary's line of sight. She would engineer bumps in the corridor, but manage nothing more than nervous laughs. After a couple of weeks, a deal was done in some gilded back room, or the backseat of a gilded car, more likely, and one morning Gary was to be found in the company of Courtney Willis, textbook hot blonde. Life went on, for most of us. Two days later, Donna was found in the bathtub at her parents' home. Her wrists had been cut with determination, and only one...